Well, Happy New Year. Good to see each and every one of you. Uh, clearly a few people stayed out too late, but we're glad you're here. Amen? You know, I want to I speak to you on the most important subject in your life. And right now you're probably pondering, what could that be or how would I know? It's the most important subject in the Word of God. In fact, if you don't get it right, you get nothing right. It's faith. I want to talk to you about faith. I'm always amazed how the Holy Spirit of God weaves songs together with a message when we didn't get together and plan it. I mean, just like it's uncanny. And when you hear this message, you're going to go, oh, you planned that. I really didn't. You know, I'm not that smart. Holy Spirit's smarter than me. Amen? And he's smarter than you too. Don't be looking at me like that. All right? But I'm going uh, to jump into this. I'm going to just teach you about faith today. Uh, I hope uh, most of these notes, not all of them, most of these notes will be on your app. If you have the app, you can get the notes. They're there before Sunday starts, uh, uh, sermon starts. And then that way you can just kind of follow along. You can go back and look at it. But the most essential truth, the most powerful truth, the truth that is transformational is the force of faith. We often don't think about faith being a force, but it is a force that absolutely radically changes situations, people, communities, and the environment. The force of faith actually reverses the curse of Satan on your life. Because when you're not walking in the force of faith, you're walking in doubt. And doubt, Satan is the father of doubt. When you doubt, you're following another father. You got to follow the father of faith. You got to understand that faith is what put everything together that you experience in life that is good. Without faith, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Without faith, your prayers are not answered. Without faith, you cannot move mountains. Without faith, you cannot challenge hell. Instead, hell challenges you. Without faith, you cannot have the power of the Holy Spirit. You become a religionist and not a Holy Spirit vessel possessing the power of Almighty God. You get to choose which one you want. You want to be a religionist, go. But you're just going to end up in deadness and no life and no power and no authority over the enemy. You see, without faith, you cannot heal the sick. You can pray for them, and most of the prayers, if you hear people without faith, they're praying for comfort. Oh, God, I pray you'll comfort them in their affliction as they die. I don't want that guy praying for me. I want the guy saying, God, heal him and let him live. Amen? You see, most of our prayers become therapy. God, help me get through this bad life I'm living right now as quick as I can. I mean, think about prayers. When you hear prayers like that, there is zero faith coming from that person. I want bold, foolish, crazy prayers when I need have a need in my life. How about you? With faith, Sarah, who was advanced in age, bore a son in her old age. It was with faith that Abraham offered his only son, Isaac, believing that God, if he indeed took him, that he would raise him from the dead. It was by faith that Jacob encountered God when he wrestled with the angel of the Lord at Bethel. He limped from that day forward, but God was on him. You see, sometimes you gotta have a limp to understand the power of Almighty God. 
You see, it was by faith that Joseph, even though he kept getting setback after setback, he was in prison, falsely accused, and every time it said the favor was on Joseph, but it was Joseph whom God used to stop a famine in the land that would have devastated not only his people, his family, but all of Egypt. It was by faith that Noah built an ark. When God said build an ark, it's going to rain, you realize it had never rained before. Can you imagine, he's looking up in his dictionary. What is rain? And he reads, water will fall from the heavens. And he probably thinks to himself, that will never happen. But I'm gonna build the ark because I believe God, even if I don't understand his directions. You see, that's what faith is. You take the Bible, it's the direction book. It's the owner's manual. It's the, it's the guide of life. You read it and you go like, that doesn't make any sense, but I'm gonna believe God anyway. When you believe God anyway, you're gonna see God do everything in your life. You see, it was faith. Without, with faith, Joshua conquered Jericho. God said, well, march around Jericho one time every day for six days, and on the seventh day, march seven times, and then blow the trumpet. Now, can you imagine that tactic in warfare? That's about the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Sometimes I read these things, and I go, God, why do you do this? And he goes, because I don't want you to figure me out. I want you to trust me, not try to understand God. People say, I can't figure God out. Well, of course you can. Look at the size of your brain. You'd have to have a brain as big as God to understand God. You see, what we believe is not unreasonable. It just far exceeds our ability to reason. It goes beyond the natural into the supernatural. It sees the invisible. It touches the intangible. You see, faith is a miracle of God. It was by faith that Samson, even in the last days of his life, he defeated more Philistines in his dying than he ever did in his living because he walked by faith. Even though they had poked out his eyes, he said to the servant, lead me over to the pillars of the great Philistinian, uh, Philistine temple. And he put his hands on those, and, it, and, and the Holy Spirit writes in the scripture very carefully, if you read that story, and his hair began to grow. You see, it was when he broke his covenant with God as a Nazarite that he lost his power. But God said he restored him. You see, you say, well, I've lost some power in my life. I've lost some, yeah, guess what? It says that Samson's hair began to grow. Why would it say that? Because it was reminding us of the covenant of God, that God always restarts every heart that is willing to be restarted in the kingdom of God. When David saw Goliath, Imagine this, this man, massive man of 10 feet tall, he cried out, who is this Philistinian dog that challenges the, the, God, the, the most high God? And he says, I'm gonna take and cut off your head and I'm gonna hang it on a wall. And you imagine, and it says that Goliath laughed in that moment, but David was not afraid. He ran into battle. He didn't back up. He ran into battle with confidence and faith and five small stones. He knew the giant was too small for his God. He was too big for, for David, but he was too small for his God. There was a moment when fear entered Goliath, and he thought, this man is dangerous. You need to live your life in such a way that the enemy says, this man, this woman, they're dangerous in the kingdom of God. They're walking by faith. They're not walking by sight. David saw a dead giant by faith before he killed him. I mean, you think about it. It was all by faith. 
Hebrews 11, 33 and 38, through faith they subdued kingdoms. They worked righteousness. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the violence of the fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Women received the dead back to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Others had the trial of mockings and scourging. Yes, the chains of imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskins, being destitute and afflicted and tormented. And listen what it says about it. Here's what it says. Of whom the world was not worthy. See, when you walk by faith, the world is not worthy of you. You're always trying to prove yourself to the world, be like the world, be accepted by the world, be in love by the world. The world hates you anyway. You say, are you, I, that hurts me. Well, get over it. Jesus said, they've hated me, they're gonna hate you. You act like me, they're gonna hate you. You see, we're born with double vision. Possibilities and limitations. One moment you can see a possibility, another moment all you see is a limitation. See, this is, this is part of it what it means to be a fallen humanity. We're, we're also born with courage and fear. There are times where I don't know why I'm courageous. I'm just, I'm just going for it. I tell you, most of the times when I'm praying, believing God for something, it scares me to death. I go, Phil, this is dumb. And then my spirit man says, yes, it is. Now, keep going. That's what you have to do. You see, we're also born with success and failure. The moment you get success, have you ever noticed, can I hold it? Can I keep it? Maybe I was just lucky. Maybe it was a fluke. Maybe I'm just posing. Maybe God's gonna take it all away from me. You see, and you're always living in that divine tension. And guess what? God wants you in that divine tension to keep you walking by faith. Because if you get overconfident in you, then you're gonna lose faith and you're gonna think it's all about you and you're gonna glorify you instead of him. And when you start glorifying you, guess what? You're not that interesting. Amen? I mean, you see these great and powerful men in the world, they're really not that interesting. They have to do crazy stuff to destroy society in order to get noticed and feel worthy because they don't have the, the blessing of God on their life. Why does Bill Gates do what Bill Gates does? Because he doesn't know the God of the universe. That's why. You see, unnatural people do unnatural things. Spiritual people do supernatural things. Today I want to talk to you about the laws of faith. Now the sermon's just beginning. The law of the invisible is the first law. You got to believe in things beyond your senses. Believe in things beyond your senses. Second law is the law of reward. You have to believe that God rewards those who seek him. If you don't believe that, you're not going to walk in faith. And then you have to believe in the law of possibility. That is, all things are possible with God. Now let's jump into the law of the invisible. Hebrews chapter 11, verses one through three. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now here's what it says. Faith is not some ethereal, kind of floating kind of mist that walks around and hits you once in a while. It is substance. When you act in faith, it's yours. You're saying it's mine already. You're not saying it will be mine. No, it's mine already. That's faith. You see the difference? Faith is reaching into the future, pulling it into the present and calling it yours. It's saying that, it's, that it is yours, calling those things that are not as though they are. It is the evidence of things not seen. When I have faith, that's my evidence. Well, show me what you've got. Well, no, I have faith. That's my evidence. 
uh, please present the evidence, faith. When you have somebody tell you and look at you in the eye and say, I'm believing God for this, you probably have a lot of thoughts going on in your head. They're crazy. I tried that once, it didn't work. That's not faith. That's not faith. That's wishful thinking. That's not faith. Faith says it is true, I'm gonna see it through, and God's gonna come through. By faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. You see, if you don't begin with faith believing God is the creator God, you can't live by faith. You say, well, I believe in evolution. Well, that's too bad because you don't believe the Bible. And if you don't believe that the worlds were framed by the word of God, then you are already pushed yourself out of understanding faith and God. See, God spoke the world into existence. Do you know what, one of the things that happens in, in Revelation chapter 11? By the way, I'm thinking about preaching through Revelation this year. That'll wake you up. One of the things that happens is there's, a, there's an angel flying, giving the everlasting gospel to every tongue and tribe and person on planet Earth, and guess what it says about it? It says, and he's talking, and he reminds them of the creator God. Why would he do that in the tribulation? Because man have gotten so far away from God, the first principle. If you don't understand the first principle that God created, you cannot understand principle two, three, four, or five. You say, are you telling me that I can't be a Christian and be an evolutionist? I'm just telling you that you're not gonna be a very good Christian because you're not gonna understand faith. You say, well, that's pretty bold. Well, it's, I just, I'm just the messenger boy. The Bible is the truth, amen? It says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the, by the word of God so that the things which are seen are not made with the things that are visible. God didn't start with some stuff that was already there. You know, he didn't show up on the construction zone and there are all the two by fours and cement and electrical wiring. He spoke everything out of nothing. You think that God can't solve your problem? Well, pastor, you don't know my problem. Well, is it bigger than creating the entire universe out of nothing? <laughs> how big is God to you? Faith will show you how big God is. You say, well, have you ever believed God for something and not come through? Absolutely. What went wrong? I don't know. How's that? All I know is I'm not going to stop believing God. Amen? I don't always get it right. But when I do, man, I, I see God all over it. Amen? When I get it wrong, I see Phil all over it. So whenever you see it all messed up, you know it wasn't God, it's me. People blame God for all kind of stuff. Well, I, you know, I trust God, God didn't do that. No, that, that's probably something went wrong in you. Why does it always have to be God's fault? Have you ever noticed even the insurance company calls it a God, you know, these things like a, it's, a, it's an act of God. Big tornado, act of God. That's what God does, he just tears stuff up. <laughs> Gives me a pain I can't locate, I'll tell you what. So we understand that things that are made are not made of things that are visible. You see, faith is a feeling, are you ready? Of absolute confidence. People say faith's not a feeling. It is a feeling. When you've got faith, you've got absolute confidence, and that is a feeling. The manifestation of faith is absolute confidence. Faith is an attitude. When you've got faith, you've got attitude. You ever know anybody with attitude? I'm talking about good attitude, faith attitude. Well, you just, you just believe God for everything. Yep. Well, that's crazy, okay. But I see God work in my life. I see God work in our church. I see God work in our world through faith. Why wouldn't I want to believe in faith? 
You see, faith is an atmosphere we carry. When you are walking in faith, there's an atmosphere around you. You ever been around somebody just just believes God for stuff and you go like, you just believe God for stuff? Or maybe you don't even say anything, you're just going like, I, I, I don't know whether they're crazy or I am, but something's going wrong here. I've been so many times in my life, I've been around people of great faith and it inspired great faith in me. That's what we're supposed to do. That's why you have a church, because you inspire one another. Let me talk to you about the law of reward. This scripture, I want you to say it with me. Faith comes by hearing. Just repeat it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You will not get more faith because you want more faith. You'll get more faith by reading the word of God. One of the great man, men of history was a guy named uh, uh, Wigglesworth, and crazy name, I know it sounded like Hudson Peller, but he had this crazy name. <laughs> but, but, but when you read about it, it, it's not mysterious how much faith he had because he spent six to seven hours a day reading the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the what? Word, word of God. You're not, you're, the level of your faith is based on the level of your scripture understanding and reading. If you're not reading it, don't be surprised you don't have faith. The more you read it, go, wow, that's amazing. People ask me, what's your favorite book in the Bible? I said, the one I'm reading. What's your favorite verse? The one I'm reading. Why? Because the words are inspired of God. You see, it's living and it's active, sharper than any two-edged sword, Hebrews chapter four tells us. Piercing the division of the soul and the spirit, the bone and the marrow, and watch this next one, and discerning the true intentions of the heart. I don't even know where my heart is without the word of God. If you think you're gonna find truth by prayer, you're not. You're gonna find your answers sometimes by, by prayer. But only the word of God brought into prayer is how you understand truth. I have people say all the time, well, I prayed about it, feel good about it. That doesn't mean anything to me. That just means you, didn't, you, you bypassed the word of God. You bypass the word of God, you can hear anything in your prayer life. Oh, me. You're thinking, why did I show up for church today? <laughs> John 15, seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Now, here's the key to answered prayer. Say, I want an answered prayer. Here it is. If you abide in me, okay, I'm getting my life from God, and my words do what? They abide in you. They're part of your life. You shall ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. You mean to tell me if I read the Bible, I'm gonna get whatever I want? Read the Bible and see what you want. See, we get greedy and selfish and narcissistic by avoiding the Bible and going to prayer. Read the Bible, see what it does to you. So I was praying for a new Rolls Royce. All right, I don't... Hey, I'm, God bless the Rolls Royce. I don't know. I, I've never felt led to pray for one. But if you feel led to pray for a Rolls Royce, pray the Lord tells you to give it to me. Amen? <laughs> I'm just saying, when you're in the Word, you know how to pray. When you're out of the Word, you don't know how to pray. You pray for all kind of crazy stuff. I had a roommate in college. He, he had at least five or seven girls that he told me, he told me, God told him he was gonna marry him. And every time he broke up, I said, well, I thought you were gonna marry that. God thought, yeah, God revised it. <laughs> you know what happens? You get immersed in God-given boldness in the word of God. 
You just get immersed in it. You're just like baptized in the word. Word, word, word. People say, hell, he talks about the word. Well, it's, what else would you want somebody to talk about? You can talk about football. Well, my team lost, and you're all depressed. You don't wear the jersey that Sunday. <laughs> hey, I'm not saying don't talk about football. I'm, not ta- I'm, not, I'm saying have a whole holistic life, but never criticize somebody because they're in the word too much or they know the word too much. Usually the thing you object to is a thing that you have neglected in your own life. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. If God had just come through, I'd believe him. That's backwards. How about this scripture? Delight yourself in the Lord. This is Psalm 37. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. How many like that verse? Everybody should like that verse. How many know the verse before it? Some of you are looking it up right now. It says, dwell in the land, cultivate righteousness, delight yourself of the Lord, and he will give the desires of your heart. Dwell in the land. You know what that means? Stabilize your life. We have people always running around trying to find the latest thing God is doing. I'm going to go to this church, go to that church. I'm going to go to this experience, this guy, whatever, you know. And guess what? You're missing the whole point. God didn't want, doesn't want you to be a nomad. He wants you to stabilize your life. Dwell in the land. Cultivate in that land righteousness. As you cultivate righteousness in a land of stability, you then begin to delight yourself in God. You begin to see God in all the little things you're doing. Everything becomes important. You get grateful for everything you have. I mean, I got in bed last night. I was grateful. We had clean sheets. The pillow was just right. I'm just talking, I was literally thanking God for everything. When you see, when you, when you dwell in the land and you, and you cultivate righteousness in your life, everything becomes good. Because faith overcomes the struggles that you're going through as a human being. See, life is not without struggles. It's with struggles. But without faith, those struggles overcome you instead of you overcome the struggles. Are you with me? Is this sinking in? You gotta, you gotta talk to me a little bit because I think you just, I have to preach another hour if, I don't, if it's not sinking in, amen? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11 and verse six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. You mean I can't please God by my sacrifice? Not without faith. I can't please God with my tithes and offerings? Not without faith. Well, how about, how about going to church every I, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You see, it's the most essential thing in your entire life is faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is So I begin with this idea, there is a God, he is the God revealed in scripture, and guess what he does? What does it say right there? And he is a, say it with me, rewarder. You know, a lot of people don't think that's true. Well, you know, I I give to God, but I don't expect anything in return. Well, you just don't understand, God, he's gonna give it to you anyway. He's a rewarder God. Whatever you sow, you reap. 
That's a, that's a principle God put into the supernatural universe and the natural universe. That you sow, you reap. Well, I, I, you know, I donated money and I, I just don't think I'm gonna get money back. I think what I'm gonna get back is like kindness and stuff like that. Well, you just don't understand scripture. You don't, you're not a very good farmer. Hey, I spent too many summers on the farm with my granddad to not understand farming. I understood, the first thing I understood about farming was literal, natural farming was, I don't wanna do this for a living. <laughs> this is really work, right? But I can remember sitting on that tractor, I'm nine years old and I'm plowing a field. My granddad is, is standing on the, by the fender there on the back of that 1954 Ford tractor. And I'm, and I'm plowing and I'm looking back to see how, what a good job I'm doing. He said, do not ever look back when you're plowing. He, he, he said, stop the tractor, stop the tractor. And now look, where you look, look at it. It's crooked. You get enough crooked rows, you're gonna lose some, some grain. You're, in other words, you're not gonna get the big a, as big a harvest because you're gonna get everything out of, out of line. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm getting it. And I'm not a Christian at this point, I'm getting it. And then we're going along and there's a rock. And I said, Granddad, why don't you move that rock? He said, it's not worth the yield. Some obstacles in your life are not worth moving. Plow around them and keep moving. A lot of people get stuck with a rock in the field and they don't know where to go. They just stop. Then they take the next two years trying to dig the rock out, firing out, it's probably six feet deep. You lost time, you lost energy. Then I became a Christian and I realized what granddad said. It says that when you put your hand to the plow, if you look back, you're unfit for the kingdom of God. Wow, he knew biblical principles. You see, it all works together when you understand you walk by faith, you don't walk by sight, and if it's impossible, please God, you gotta believe that he is a rewarder, God, for those who just kind of follow him. What's it say? Let's all say it together. What's that word? Now let me ask you, are you diligent for God? Now I don't want you to raise your hand and say yes. I want you to think about it. What would it take for you to look like you're, you're diligent for God this year? And what it would it take in your life? You know, I, I'm not gonna paint this picture of perfection. I'm just gonna say, what would it look like for you? Maybe it would look like praying every day. Maybe it would look like reading the word every day. Maybe it would, you, you, you define it, but you say, I wanna get diligent in my life because I wanna see the rewards of God come into my life. Some people get jealous, they get put off because somebody gets blessed. They say, they're always talking about how they're blessed, the favor of God, yeah, 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 I don't know that. I don't know about all that stuff. That's why you don't have that stuff. I tell you, the book is just, it's so clear. Let me give you the law of possibility. Matthew 17, 20, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. Well, I don't know if you've ever seen a mustard seed. It's pretty little, right? He says, you mean if my faith is just that big? Yeah. Well, if you're not seeing God, if you're not moving some mountains in your life, how small is your faith? Come on. Come 
I mean, they felt the same way. I mean, it wasn't like the disciples are going around, yeah, that you tell them, Jesus. Because in the context of this verse, there was a dad that brought a boy that was demon-possessed, and they couldn't cast the demon out of the boy. So they bring him to Jesus. They got to bring in the heavyweight to see if they can get this boy set free. And Jesus says this, how long shall I be with you, O faithless generation? Bring the boy to me. Sets the boy free from this demonic uh, activity in his life. They're scratching their head trying to figure out what just happened. And they say, why couldn't we deliver the boy? And then Jesus says this in Matthew 17, 21, this kind of demon only comes out by prayer and fasting. So maybe you've been praying, but you haven't been fasting for your situation. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What you say is prophetic, whether you realize it or not. When you say, man, I'm always sick, you just spoke death over your life. I just feel bad today. Of course you do. You just prescribed it. You see, the speech center of your brain is attached to your nervous system. Listen to me now. Dr. Phil is going to talk to you a minute. Okay? Speech center of your brain is attached to your nervous system. When you say something, your nervous system thinks it's true, and it begins to act in that manner. You see, honestly, your brain doesn't know the difference between a truth and a lie. We've been dog-sitting the last three days for our daughter. We're laying in bed. Dogs start barking. Tammy says, they don't normally do that. Now, you know what my brain's thinking? There's bad things in that backyard. And I'm thinking, she says, well, should we let them out? I said, no, we're not letting those dogs out. I said, that coyote out there, they eat the dogs up. We're going to spend all night in a veterinarian clinic right? I calm them down. I look everywhere. I go lay down. I'm asleep. What do the dogs do? They bark again. I mean, they're ferociously barking. I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. I'm not going to, I don't want a dog. <laughs> I'd rather just come in and kill me. I don't want to be warned. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I'm pretty sure what they barked at was maybe a cowdy, maybe a rabbit, maybe a squirrel. I don't know what it was. But my mind immediately went to, there's bad stuff out there, and I'm not going out there. Amen? You see, so your mind doesn't always know truth unless by the word of God. So if you start saying, well, I'm believing God for this, God is going to do this, quit taking it back off the altar. You say, I'm trusting God. Then you run, get it off the altar and take it back. I, I don't know if God's going to come through. I'm going to hold on to it again, right? And then you get moved again. You know, you come to church again next Sunday, inspiring sermon. You go there, I'm putting it back on the altar. I'm telling you, God's doing this thing. Then on Monday afternoon, you're pulling it back off the altar. You got it again. You're carrying it around. What are you doing? I'm waiting for Sunday. I'm putting it back. <laughs> you got to leave it there. Do you know in the Old Testament they had they, where they put the, the the meat offering? They had these hooks that came up, 
And these hooks, they would actually hook the meat into it to keep them from sliding off the altar and to becoming an unacceptable sacrifice. You see, you have to put the flesh hooks in your life to keep you from taking stuff back from God because you're not willing to trust God. Leave it there until the fire of God comes and consumes it all, amen? What are you speaking over your life? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Mark eleven twenty four. whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you have received them and that you will have them. Now that's not a verse you can just throw out there and claim. You have to go back and, and let his words abide in you. You have to abide in Christ. Let his words abide in you. You have to be a part of it. And then when you get ready to pray, you know how to pray and you can move in the dimension of faith and see God do some things. What would you like to see God do in your life this year? You ought to have a, a little list of it. You ought to put a couple of things down. Say, I'd like to see God do this. I'd like to see God do that. Like, and then tell somebody. That way you're committed. That way what they'll do is say, hey, has God come through? See, we don't tell people because we don't want to be accountable for our faith. How about this one? Luke 137. For with God, nothing will be impossible. With God. With you, everything's impossible. With God, everything's possible. You just got to get on the right playing team. Amen? Got to be on the right team. You remember that childhood game where you got all the kids around there and you're going to pick teams? You remember that? Nobody picks the worst player first. And if you've ever been in one of those situations, like I've been in that situation where we're playing basketball, they ain't picking me. I got like a vertical jump of two inches. I mean, you want to wrestle, play football, box, they picked me. You want to run and jump and swim and no, you don't pick Phil. Now you get a choice. You get to pick God or Satan. Who do you want? Some of you didn't even answer. said, I don't know. I'm thinking about that one. How many would, you want to pick God or Satan? That's better. You want to pick faith or doubt? then you got to pick it. you got to do it. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. I want you to stand with me. We're going to do a prophetic blessing. I wrote this for you, uh, and, I, and I want you to come forward. I know you've already come forward once, so you know how to do it. And I'm going to pray this blessing over you, and I want you to, to receive it with a heart of faith. All right? All right? Now, here's how it works, okay? I'm gonna say this. It's gonna be on the screen. You're gonna repeat after me. Do not underestimate the power of confession. Life and death are in the tongue. When you speak these words, these words, you're, remember your nervous system going, yeah, I'm in it. I'm doing it. I believe in it. I'm there. You say, well, can I speak from where I'm standing? Yes. Yes, you can, all right? But I'm telling you, there's something that happens here. Now I want you just to, everybody here, just look to your right, you look to your left, and I want you to say this little prayer for the person next to you. Make them, are you ready? Make them a person of great faith. Okay? Now here's the, here's the blessing. I will exercise the force of faith in my life. I believe God's word to be true. And I refuse to bow to any other king than King Jesus. I believe 
that all the promises of God are valid and available to me. I know that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. I am a child of the King, of kings and Lord of lords. Satan was defeated in Jesus' name and has no authority over my family or over me. God has given me a divine destiny that the enemy cannot prevent. I will walk by faith. I will see miracles happen in my in Jesus' name. If you receive it, just say, I receive that, Pastor. I receive it. Now let's seal it with a song. Let's sing this. As we sing, just let it be a confession of your faith and your belief in what God is going to do in 2023. Amen.